Wrestling with the Basics is made possible in part by a generous gift from Set Apart to Serve, uh, the church work recruitment initiative of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Our churches are blessed to have pastors from all walks of life. Uh, there are former military veterans, engineers, entrepreneurs, and then just common ordinary guys like myself. Our, our Lord calls men from all backgrounds with a passion for the word and a heart for the gospel to be pastors. I've been doing it for over 40 years, and it's a pretty good gig. If you are a friend, have been praying and thinking about a second career as a pastor in Christ's church, the Set Apart to Serve team wants to help you put your experience and skills to use in pastoral ministry. Visit weareyourseminaries.org. That's weareyourseminaries.org. Now on with our show. We're on a mission from God. something completely different. This is Pastor John Lukowski coming to you from Northfield, Minnesota. <laughs> and this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark coming to you from uh, a little further south, uh, beautiful but hot and humid St. Louis, Missouri, where I serve as pastor at Ascension Lutheran Church. And Matt, I have a question for you. Even though I didn't get my name right, do I have that old enthusiasm? Because my wife's been complaining. She says, it's like you're half asleep, she says. <laughs> Where's that old excitement? I think you are full of vim and vigor, John. <laughs> so you are as jolly as ever. Oh, good. That makes me feel better. Uh, and we're going to do Psalm three, right? That's what we're going to do. To get right into this stuff here, okay? And, yeah, and sure. again, it's a new category. You have a brand new category of psalms, and 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 what is it? What what category of psalm do we have today? So today we have a psalm of lament, lament. Um, so don't turn off your radios or, or, or stop your podcast. Uh, it'll be good, I promise, even okay. though it's, so it's lament. not just going to be vanity of vanities, all is vanity, that kind of lament. No, no, no. no so I mean, that, no. So the, the lamenting in Psalm 3 is a little more specific. Okay. I think that's what's kind of interesting because you know, the book of Ecclesiastes that, that you keep referencing, John, vanity yeah. of vanities, that that's sort of just a, a general lament, right, about the the meaningless of things, the meaningless of life. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that has its place too, maybe at times. But but here, what I find interesting, and I think what's going to relate to to us and hopefully our hearers even more uh, closely, is that this lament is specific. It is tied to something specific in the life of David. And, and I noticed that. The, the, the yes. first two psalms you were walking us through, we, they're, they're assumed to be written by David or about David, but, but we don't know. Uh, there's nothing in the Scripture that indicates either the location or the occasion or the author. But this one we do. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we do. And I think that's, that's very, very significant. Um, so let's, uh, let's, let's see. Let me just introduce th this idea of lament in Psalms in general, okay? Okay. Because, again, the, the, way, the approach we're taking 
conversing with the basics this summer is we're looking at different types of psalms. Okay, we've done uh, some of wisdom, a psalm of the Messiah. Now we're doing a psalm of lament. And then we look at specific psalms that kind of characterize that type. But let's look at a psalm of lament in general, you know, at first, and, and the value of that, perhaps. Um, first of all, just kind of an interesting little story. Uh, the story of, of uh, Annie Rogers, who is someone who works with teenagers who have experienced uh, abuse, severe abuse, mm, okay. and yet they're the survivors of this abuse. Um, you know, and for the longest time, she could not get them to open up to talk about what had happened in their lives, uh, to be able to open up in a safe place, right, with other, with other survivors as well, um, sort of a, a group talk session. And until she really had a breakthrough when she introduced poetry. And so she brought in poetry and, and shared that herself. And then those teens that she was working with, they began to write their own poetry or maybe bring in poetry that reflected how they were feeling, their thoughts, what they were going through. So, so poetry gave voice to their laments, to their weeping, to their distress, to their, their hurts. Um, and they finally, it's just kind of blossom and they opened up. And I think, it, you know, it relates to the Psalms because the Psalms, of course, are poetry, right? And how God's gift of poetry, that gift of language and words, can help give voice to laments, to David's lament, but also to our laments as well. Um, and I think that's why we have these Psalms of laments. But then I, I think the other question is then, well, you know, opening up uh, with laments in a group therapy session is one thing. Uh, writing your own lament poetry is, is another thing. Uh, but what about something entirely different where we're, we're lamenting, maybe even poetically, but we're lamenting not just in general, but specifically to God, God Almighty. And I think sometimes we even wonder, is that even allowed? Can I, can I talk to God? whether in poetry or in prayer, and, and complain a little bit to come to the Lord with, with frustrations and fears and inssecurities and weeping and distresses uh, before God. I mean, does God even want to hear that kind of stuff from us? Exactly, John. Whining, does God want to even hear Can us whine? whine to God? <laughs> like I whine the, to my wife. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you think how much your wife loves to hear that. <laughs> 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 does God love to hear that? Um, and I, I think the Psalms of lament affirm for us, well, yeah, that is okay. In fact, guess what? That's even encouraged. Um, one of the Psalms, Psalm 50, says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you. You shall glorify me. So God even extends this invitation. In times of trouble, where we might be, be apt to whine and lament, call upon me. Um, and I, I think the, the picture for me that I think of uh, maybe isn't a husband and wife as much <laughs> lamenting, but but maybe a, a father or grandfather and children or grandchildren, right? Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. as a loving parent, as a loving grandparent, I mean, if, if our children, if our grandchildren are in distress, if they're afraid, if they are frustrated, I mean, don't we want to know about that? I mean, I as a parent, yeah, I, I want to know if my kid is is is, is, you know, in distress. Yeah, come come to me in those days of trouble. Let me know about it. And then to do what's best for them, what's truly best for them, to be a help to them. Um, and that's really, I think, what we see in the Psalms of Lament. 
you know, how much more does our loving, perfect Heavenly Father want us to do the same, you know, with Him? That we, as His dear children, as baptized children, would come to Him in those times of distress and be honest, right? To bring it before Him. Because, you know, He knows our frustrations already, right? He knows us inside and out. But to come with those frustrations before Him with trust, with faith, um, I think I think the Lord finds delight in that. And that again, that promise to deliver us. Uh, and again, we will honor him. And, 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 you know, I think the operative word that you, you, you used there was trust. Because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. there probably is a whining that we go to God with that he, he probably doesn't want to hear. <laughs> where we're just grumbling and complaining because yeah. we just don't like the way things are. And, yep. you know, uh, but, but that, that issue of trust, when we go to God because we know these are things that are really beyond our ability to deal with, and they really are bringing us down. But we trust that 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 the Lord has compassion on us, that that He can do something about it. Uh, he may say you need to be patient because I've got a really good plan, but it can't can't happen right now, right immediately. It's going to take a little time. But yeah, I think that's that's the operative thing. When when why we like it when we don't like it when our kids whine about something. But but when they really got an honest to good problem and, and, and they come to us, yeah, we love that because it shows they trust us and they're looking to us for help. Uh, and, and so you're absolutely right. If that's true of us as heavenly earthly fathers, rather, how much of our heavenly fathers is that true? He just rejoices when we come to him. Uh, and, yeah. and tell him the concerns, the desires of our heart, the concerns of our heart. Most definitely. And I think, you know, for us, if we are worried about uh, how am I coming before the Lord? Am I whining or am I lamenting? Um, am I coming in that trust that you mentioned? And I think one way that we can come to him with trust and with more of a lament than a whine, I guess you could say, is to use these psalms of lament as our own prayers. So, yeah, Psalm 3, written by David in a specific circumstance, no doubt about it, but his words can also be our words, too. So as we we pray the psalms, um, and perhaps especially the psalms of lament, uh, those words can help guide us in our own fears and our own distresses as we seek to come before God in a a trusting, uh, pleasing way uh, before the Lord. And, and I think, the, the, I really appreciate what you're saying there, and I think that's why the Psalms, even though there's some really difficult Psalms, as we've already encountered, I think that's why they've remained a center of, of Christian worship, because you can go to these Psalms and you can find the same things that you're experiencing, the same problems, the same feelings. Uh, and, and I think that's a comforting thing to know, that we have these men and, and uh, who are holy to God, and, and yet they do have their struggles, and they do cry out to God in their trials. And I think that's good for us to remember, okay, yeah, being a Christian doesn't mean everything is going to work out just the way you want it. That often, as God's people, we do have things to lament. And, and the great joy is we know we can come to our God with those laments. He's not going to turn his back on us, even if maybe we are doing a little whining. I, I, that's what I love about the Lord. He'll still listen to you even when you're whining. He might have to point some things out to you, <laughs> you know. Uh, and we want that, right? Because we don't want to be whiny. No one likes a whiny person. But but we, we do want to have this faith and trust that God, no matter— I, I, and I love that passage you quoted earlier because I, I, 
I think of that. That's precisely the time God wants you to call upon him is the time of trouble. Don't think, oh, no, no, I need to take care of this. It's up to me. That's what God, God's given me a challenger to see if I can overcome this. No, no, in the day of trouble, he just wants us to call out to him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and if, if David, the Lord's anointed, <laughs> yeah. the uh, a man after God's own heart even, if he can come before the Lord with laments, um, well, so can we. So can we. And uh, you know, even again, to, to use borrow those language of David, if you're at a loss for words, um, Psalm 3 is a beautiful place to go, I think. It's written like a prayer, and it's written even in the first person, you know, as, as an individual coming before the Lord in prayer, and, and those words can become ours too. So let's... And yeah. so, so the devil comes and says, oh, you know, you're not supposed to be sad. You're a Christian. You should just buck up, you know, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. And, and no, that's the beauty of the, the, the men's psalms is that no, that, that's not how God wants us to respond. Uh, we, we can struggle and we can come to him with our struggles. Jesus Christ did, didn't he? He said, take this cup away from me. <laughs> okay, there is a lament for you right there from the mouth of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the problem, yeah, exactly, you know, the we, we can have struggles, but what do we do with those struggles? Yeah. Do we just try to deal with them ourselves, or do we bring them before the Lord, uh, as David did? So uh, so getting into Psalm 3, then, um, the, there's a superscription there right above uh, verse 1. So, John, if you want to read that, this gives us insight into who wrote the psalm and why they wrote it. So if you wouldn't mind reading that superscription. A psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's something a little munt yeah. about. I mean, just a quick recap of that. So David is king at this time. So he's anointed as king, coronated as king. He is king. He's been reigning uh, in Jerusalem. And yet his son, one of his sons, Absalom, wants to take over the throne. Uh, his own flesh and blood. Um, oh, you know, you can imagine what distress that would bring. Uh, so Absalom, boy, you know, First Samuel chapters 15 through 17, if you want to look that up, listeners, um, check it out. But just, he really methodically, Absalom tries to take away the throne from his dad. Sets himself up at the, at the gate of the city and, and tells people, if I was king, boy, my justice would be better and it'd be swifter than my dad's. Um, and he starts to gain this following. And he starts to raise up an army for himself. And this army begins to fight against David's men. And it gets so bad, in fact, that David has to flee Jerusalem in order to, to just <laughs> preserve his own life. Uh, and then, unfortunately, yeah, his army has to fight against his own son's army. Um, you know, you can imagine how terrible that must have been for David as this, as this all plays out, this deception, this methodical a stealing of the throne from your very own son. You can see why David would be lamenting uh, as he flees again from Absalom, his son. So likely as he's fleeing Jerusalem, David is, is writing these words and crying out before the Lord with this psalm of lament. So um, as we, why don't we go ahead and just read the psalm, uh, John? Okay. And as we read through that psalm, just be listening for, for what that sounds like, what, what the, 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 the lament, and then, and even be listening for what what maybe is distressing David the most, perhaps, um, in the words of this psalm. Oh Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. Selah. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and He answered me from His holy hill. Selah. 
I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Selah. All right. Thank you, John. I, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for reading through that. So as you read through this, what, what are some of the things that are distressing David the most um, as, he, as he writes this psalm? Well, well, here's the thing that struck me right away, Matt. Uh, and I think this is where it goes beyond just the, the, the oppression of people, which I think all of us have experienced in one way or the other. We've all had people who have troubled us. But this verse, there is no salvation for him in God. Where, yeah. where, where they're actually saying, you know what? God isn't even going to help you. Yeah. Uh, and I know that there are people listening to us who have felt that, who, who've had trouble so deep and so strong, they actually were wondering, has God abandoned me? Is God punishing me? Uh, where is God at? Is there salvation for me in God? Uh, that's a very real feeling that people do, deal with. Yeah. Oh, that's great, John. I And I, I completely agree. So as we read through this psalm, I think that's really the thing that distresses David the most. You know, so uh, verse one, um, how many are my foes? They're rising up against me. But then verse two, many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. And, and Matt, I, mean, Matt, I don't mean to interrupt you there, but it just occurred to me. I, I could see that would, that would work on David. Because really, a lot of the things he's experiencing is the result of his sinful behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. The think they think the fact that he married a whole bunch of wives, uh, not not because of the reason God gives us that we would be devoted uh, as uh, as Christ loves the church, but rather because he was trying to make political alliances and 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 of course the whole business with him uh, with Bathsheba, uh, you know the adultery, the murder there. So I could see where the devil could come and say, well, you know, David, actually, you, you deserve all this. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the, the David is kind of beyond redemption, beyond saving. And, you know, you're getting what you deserve, David. There's no salvation for God in you. Uh, you're, you're, you're a goner, right? Um, and, and for David, boy, that's got to be the most hurtful because, yeah, even though David certainly sinned and did wrong, right? No doubt about that. You pointed out some of those sins. Even still, I mean, this is, this is David's deepest held conviction, this belief in God's salvation. We see that, too, in David's life and in his Psalms. Um, but, and even though this, this one who's trusting in God's salvation um, is being attacked, um, you know, the, the, the worst of it is, is this claim that, yeah, God's going to do nothing about it. There's, there's no hope for you because the Lord's not with you. And I think that's exactly what the devil wants David to believe. There's no salvation in God. Uh, and really, that's what the devil wants us to believe too, right? Yeah. There's no salvation for us in God. No salvation, no hope. And maybe it's because we've sinned too much or that our sin is too great. There's no salvation for God in you. Or maybe are, are, it's just, are we, just, are we yeah, don't have enough trust, Matt. That's none, the problem. We don't have enough trust. Yeah. 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 Or whatever our problem is right now. Well, maybe it's a pretty big, big problem, right? Uh, maybe we're being attacked, or maybe you know we're being attacked by something like cancer. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, there's no salvation for God in you. This is too big for God. You know, whatever it is, you know, the devil is going to use all sorts of different ways of spinning it. 
But in the end, the message is, yeah, there's no salvation for God in you. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, so, yeah, how do, we, how do we deal with that? Um, you know, I think we, we go back to Jesus, too. Um, the devil, really, that, that's what the devil said of him as well. You know, we think back to, uh, to Good Friday when, when Jesus is in most, the most distress, uh, when his foes are attacking him and making false accusation against him. And even as Jesus is hanging there, dying on the cross, um, the people at the, the foot of the cross, what are they saying? He trusted in God. Let God deliver him if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. You know, in other words, you know, they're saying there's no salvation for this Jesus in God, right? Uh, God's not going to deliver him. Um, and, you know, by all appearances, boy, it, it, they seem to be right. At least they're on the cross, right? Um, the father seems to ignore Jesus. He doesn't really seem to, he doesn't save him. In fact, Jesus even cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And if that was the end of it, well, yeah, they would have been right. You know, there is no salvation for Jesus. Uh, but um, that's not the end of the story, as we well know. Uh, Jesus rises from the dead. The women come to the tomb the first day of the week, and the angel says, he's not here. He's risen just as he said. Um, so, yeah, there is salvation for Jesus in the Lord. Uh, we see that on Easter Sunday. Yeah, Jesus is saved. He is risen from the dead. Uh, there is salvation for Jesus, uh, and there's salvation for us through Jesus uh, and all that he's done for us. And, and, and you know what's really cool about that story of Jesus um, and in terms of laments? So, so they are saying, and you're so true, right? Oh, look, if God loved him, you know, God would come down and deliver him and everything. Um, and, and yet what's so cool is Jesus doesn't say, oh, well, God's going to take care of me. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. my God, my God, why has love forsaken me? Yeah. yeah, there is that even that feeling for him that, yeah, I really have been. I have been. But, but even if you feel that, that doesn't mean God's going to abandon you. So that's what I love about that story, that even if you got to that point where you really were thinking maybe God has abandoned me, you just need to remember this whole thing of Jesus. Oh, oh no, even that doesn't separate me from the love of God. Even feelings like that won't, won't, won't cause the Lord not to come to my salvation. Uh, and in fact, maybe it's when you get to that point that, that you can know for sure the Lord will come to your salvation just as he did for his son Jesus Christ, as you pointed out, uh, raising him from the dead. So I always really liked that particular verse because there are times when we do kind of wonder, where in the world are you doing, God? Maybe you have, and to realize, no, even thoughts like that won't separate you from the love of God, which is yours in, in Jesus Christ. I'm not saying those are good thoughts, as we've already alluded, that they, they, are, they come to us from the devil. They're, they're a sign of the sinfulness of our flesh. But even that will not stop God from loving and caring for you and delivering you. Yeah, and I think that the reason we can know that personally for me, um, for Matt, for John, yeah. is because of our baptism, that yeah. baptized into Christ, his death, right? But also his resurrection, where, boy, we see him raised from the dead, and his, his yeah, that God's salvation is certainly a work. He's not going to ban him to the grave. Uh, that's also true for us, that no matter what, um, we have the certainty that, that we will not be abandoned that, yes, salvation is in the Lord uh, for us, too, because we're connected to Christ. And, and, and Matt, now you've taken us back into the last psalm, Psalm 2, 
where the Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. And I never thought of it that before. I'm sure even as Jesus is wrestling with this, has the Lord abandoned me? He's, He's remembering, oh, no, that's right, that the Lord spoke from heaven. He said, I am his beloved son. Okay, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. (laughs) And we, as you said, can say the same thing thanks to our baptism. He said that. He declared us to be his children. And I'm going to tell you this. He's a good father. He will never, ever abandon his children. Yeah. And I I think that's that's a great way as we wrap up, John. The same thought is is what— is how Psalm 3 concludes, right? So you have the Psalm of Lament, right? Crying out to God and people saying, oh, there's no salvation for David and God. But yet, if you could read the final verse of Psalm 3 again, how does David conclude his psalm? Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, salvation isn't, de- David recognizes, salvation is not dependent upon me, whether my son Absalom's chased me down or not, or whether I'm good enough or not. No, salvation finally belongs to the Lord. And Lord, your blessing <laughs> be on your people. And 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 Matt, there, there's, that's that's how it is. Is it's not dependent upon us. We can have our doubts. We might even think that the Lord has forsaken us, but no, salvation doesn't depend on us. It belongs to the Lord. Thank you, Matt. What a nice nice message. This has been wrestling with basics. military veteran, engineer, entrepreneur. These are just some of the former careers held by current LCMS pastors, careers that they left behind to serve congregations in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. No matter the background, our Lord calls men who have a passion for the word and a love for serving Christ to be pastors, a sacred, joyful, and essential vocation. If you or a friend have been praying and thinking about becoming a pastor, visit weareyourseminaries.org and put your experience and skills to new use in pastoral ministry. Visit weareyourseminaries.org seminaries.org.